Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to our show called Ask JP and RT about anything related to recruiting. I'm Raymond Toe, or some people call me RT, and I've been recruiting now for up to uh, 30, coming up on 30 years. So I think I always tell people I started when I was like 10 years old. Uh, my co-host here, uh, Joel Peterson, or JP, is also an experienced recruiter. Uh, JP, tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hi everyone. Thanks, thanks Raymond. Um, I guess I've been recruiting a little over 13 years. Uh, absolutely a talent acquisition fanatic, I guess you might say. It's, uh, I guess you could say I found my life's passion, my life's work. Um, I've had a kind of a good mix of in-house corporate recruiter type experience and leading talent acquisition teams in-house and uh, also combined that with uh, agency side recruiting. So I, I currently run an agency myself and um, really do like the excitement of the fast-paced uh, kind of agency environment and uh, just generally the recruitment industry. Great. Well, you're just a baby then compared to me. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So for those in the audience, uh, you can certainly find uh, find out more about Joel and I by looking up our LinkedIn profiles or our respective websites, which I'll give here, but I'll also mention at the end. So uh, mine is gorecruitment.com. Uh, JP, yours is? Yeah, it's www.arbutusearch.com. Great. And oh, you know what? We better get people to uh, spell your last name in case they get the wrong Peterson spelling. Yeah, fair enough. If, if you get the wrong Peterson, you might get a winemaker based out of California. But um, yeah, it's Joel Peterson, P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. Great. So um, so for the audience, we call each other RT and JP. So JP, so it looks like I remember three or so months ago, you and I had this brilliant idea like, hey, you know, why don't we put our collective experience together and have some fun sharing commonly faced topics, right, in the recruiting business. And I think it was you who sparked the idea of calling these, uh, quote unquote, FMM. It's a mouthful. FMM stands for Frequently Made Mistakes. So I then I said these FMM were probably not just made by rookies, but probably veterans like myself as well. So I think Absolutely. our conversations, you know, turned into like a comfort comforting session where knowing yeah. that you or I are not alone and sometimes facing and solving these same problems. And other times, I think it was just a good education to prepare us to save time and money uh, when we're doing this job. So I'm assuming you agree by participating here today. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Some people say it sounds like it's two of you going going for a drink or a beer after work and just sharing some stories that, you know, two coworkers uh, are sharing. So, you know, with that said, let's crack open that bottle of beer and we'll get into it. So, JP, so what, what's interesting on your play? What, how was your day today? Yeah, you know what? It's been a good day. I think, uh, you know, I've had this challenge bouncing around in my head with uh, this idea that candidates, you know, can, it seems anyways, uh, depending on the economy and depending on the market, candidates can spring the wildest, uh, you know, ideas or, or just outcomes uh, on you and, and it can kind of blindside you as a recruiter. And so I just wanted to chat with you about that today and mm. get a sense of, you know, your experiences as well. But, you know, this idea that you're, you're at final stages with a candidate, uh, you, you think that you've got everything kind of fully kind of baked or, or locked down, if you will. Um, and then the candidate comes to you and says, Hey, I've accepted another job. Thanks for your time. Jeez. I know this is a PG 13 
<laughs> podcast. I think both of us want to know yeah. what, what four-letter word we're going to say when that happens. Yeah. Uh, it happened to me so many times when I was starting out. So, so what happened? So you said you got an offer-ready uh, candidate, and then um, you presented yours. And then he or she named to be uh, remained unnameless. He or she turned it down or said yep. there's another offer. Yeah, they, they turned it down. And, you know, it, it was a bit of a blind side. The, the reality was they had already accepted another position. Yeah. And, you know, of course, you're reeling thinking, well, how can I save this? And, you know, no number of questions or no amount of questions um, or, or even salary. Let's just go there for a second and say, you know, throwing money at the candidate is is going to you know fix this scenario or fix this at least not for the long term and that's the biggest thing is we really want this person to be you know motivated to take the position we want them to be excited i always say to my clients i want the candidates running towards the opportunity you know not just sitting in the back seat of the car kind of driving along going well if we get there great if we don't nah, so be it mm. you know there'll be something else I, I really want people to be excited and so I think, you know, the biggest thing that we have to do is really get to know the candidates, you know, kind of key motivators, uh, their situation, kind of what their career goals are. And if we know all of those things and can kind of triangulate in on how this opportunity, whether it's the corporate culture, the, you know, the structure of the company, the product, the service, the industry or the sector they're in, you know, how all of that can kind of help this person get to those career goals then I think we're going to be in a lot better position. But if we don't know those factors uh, and we're getting close to an offer with a candidate and, and they've got other competing offers, there's a really good chance that, that we could lose them. Yeah. So let you rewind the clock a little bit. So you're saying um, this, so this, so my, my experience has been twofold. It, it's always hard to recover. So I guess for mm -hmm. the audience, you know, when you get to that situation, the person says, sorry, I'm turning yours down, even though they might even told you or give you the false feeling that uh, they're going to accept. It's often it's not salvageable. So mm -hmm. sometimes this conversation may be a good preventative. You know, what what should you do to minimize that chance of happening? Right. So but mm -hmm. the odd chance in my years, it is possible. But, you know, going back to not to blame the candidate or throw them under the bus, you know, if, if the fact that they're waiting at the last moment. And then they uh, throw you a, a, a curveball like that. You probably don't want to work with them anyway. So that's the consolation prize. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's possible if they're, you know, kind of being deceitful through the process and and you know not sharing information when you've you know kind of engaged them and, and readily asked for it. Yeah. Um, I think there's a big onus on the on the recruiter to really you know, engage engage candidates. Um, you know. Uh, like your, like your client, like your best client and, you know, have good, meaningful conversations with them. And I think if you're doing that, you're building rapport and you're building trust with the candidate. So, you know, when it does come time that an offer starts to bubble up with another organization that they'll come to you proactively. Um, you know, you can't be checking in with candidates daily. I, at least I don't have the time to do that. Um, but, you know, a, a good cadence of, you know, once a week, depending on what's happening is is pretty good. And I think, you know, depending uh, what they have on their plate, if they trust you and, and they're partnering with you and an offer bubbles up from another organization, I think there's a really good chance they'll just proactively, excuse me, proactively come and share that with you. And that puts you in a lot better position because now, you know, they, they may be thinking, well, I don't want to upset uh, Joel or, or Raymond, you know, my recruiter, or I, you know, I don't want to surprise them with something, you know, of course they're looking out for their best interest. They want the best offer at the best time, but 
I think they'll, they'll probably partner with you a lot better to give you that information. So you do actually have a chance to, you know, come with a counter offer, or maybe if they're expecting an offer, but don't have one yet, your client can push through the process a little bit faster and get them an offer first, which as you know, Ray, it's always better to come with the first offer. Yeah. Um, and, and as you're talking, you know, I'm thinking Joel's too nice. You, you think too nicely of people. <laughs> yeah. Your point is, I, well, I do, yeah. I do go, yeah, I do go to the glass, glass half full uh, most times. So I guess my point is that your, your point is that you're well taken. I think what you're saying is if the foundation is good, the relationship is, you know, you build it strongly, they, they will come to you. And then uh, I'm also, however, talking about the other sort of edge cases where they don't. And is yeah. there something you could have done differently? It's a, what, what's the lesson learned? Um, have, have you thought? Of, I know it's still raw. It just happened to you a couple of days ago. Uh, and I feel for you. So uh, anything that you thought, okay, I could, could have done differently. Or if you've done everything you can, then, you know, great. If you've done the right things, all the checklists was all checked off. Then it's sometimes just human nature, right? You can't control that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's always more you can do, whether it's asking different questions, you know, digging deeper into what other opportunities they have, you know, on the go. That's a big factor yeah. is, you know, really just having a conversation with the candidates about what other jobs have they applied for? You know, sometimes they're concerned about, um, you know, confidentiality. You don't necessarily have to ask what's the company, what's the title, yeah. who are you reporting to? That's, that's a little bit, uh, maybe a little too deep, but you know, if you just got into, tell me about the role, what is the title? What will you be doing? And, and why does that role excite you, um, you know, as much or, or more than um, the role that we're talking about? And just kind of getting into that conversation. And I think that's probably something I could have done better in this scenario is really understanding this other role that the person was applying to and, and how that would affect their, you know, them achieving their career goals and uh, you know, achieving whatever other personal goals they had, mm. uh, you know, in, in looking for new work. Yeah. I remember my, my old boss sort of training me well on that. He says, he called it the Ben Franklin and the way he okay. presents it, he goes, you know, okay, look, Mr. Ms. Ms. Candidate, you like, you're likely going to have two offers, one for my client, one from someone else. And yes, I have bias towards you taking the one I'm going to present because my livelihood paying the bills rely on it so yeah. some guilt trip yeah. there and so you tell them yeah i have bias but it doesn't necessarily make me wrong if i because i've been doing this a long time i may even know something about your other offer and i'll be mm -hmm. able to share that with you and then you can make that decision whether i'm biased or not or i'll give you a fair opinion and then the other thing i, I kind of make myself even more holier than thou and say you know what even if you take the other one i will still be in this business years from now and i would like to place you again you know, so let's make mm. sure we use this example, whether you go with mine or the others, it's just a learning for both of us. So I'm not going to have any hard feelings if you take the other one. Right. So then that um, totally. takes the pressure off the gas for them to just, Oh, a Joel or, or, or RT is trying to sell me on, on their offer. Uh, so then the Ben Franklin is really, like you said, go through pros and cons of each one. Um, sometimes I take the money off the table because often it's close anyway. You know, it's within mm -hmm. uh, yeah. the same ballpark. So I say, if the money is off the table, go through your pros and cons of each one and just decide, yeah. you know, if, there, if there's a spouse, get them involved too, very uh, near, near the final stages. Um, yeah. I think, that's, I think that's a terrific idea. Sometimes taking the money off, you know, it's $3,000 and at the end of a tax year, what, what is $3,000 worth? Or even if it's five or 10, yeah. um, if you look at the whole package of health benefits, um, ex, you know, extended medical bonus structure, um, RSP contributions, pension programs. I mean, there's so many different 
uh, stock options or share share purchase. There's so many different var- variables, and you know what is five thousand dollars at the end of the year, um, you know, for somebody after tax. It's it's not a lot in Canada, mm. anyways. So yeah, I think I think that's a great idea, and and going through the pros and cons. And you know, if, if I think about all the number of times over the years that I've, you know, just I I kind of put my hands up and say, hey, I, I'm not selling. You know, it's it's in your you know kind of hands. It's in your court, so to speak. Um, the decision is for you and your family. I'm an open book though. If you have any other questions, I'm here for you. And, um, you know, a lot of times that approach, um, you know, just, just letting them take that time and kind of mull over all the different, uh, options and look at the bigger picture. Mm. Um, you know, if it, and I think, you know, it, most times they'll go the right direction. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the reality is they've got to be looking at all the different factors of, um, you know, career growth and everything else too. Uh, like you say, stuff beyond salary. That sounds like, uh, you know, an, another topic that you and I can actually chat about because um, I'm sure people in the audience are all often faced with the competing offer. And the first thing that the candidate will say, oh, it's you know, $10,000 difference, $30,000 difference. And the, the newer recruiter may freeze when that happens, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Veterans like us, like you said, goes into the, uh, the financial, the tangible and the non-tangible benefits. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. then I take out my... Um, my calculator, my online after-tax calculator, depending on what province they're yeah. in, and I just net it out for them. So anyway, give that's a sneak preview for maybe some of our upcoming shows. I won't go, there you go. do that too much. That's a good one. Um, I'm also thinking people in our audience could be in-house HR employees, which are different than recruiters or agencies. Uh, basically, I guess my understanding is that the, the metrics and the compensation is different, right? So what can we maybe help the, uh, the in-house employee talent acquisition person when they hear, okay, um, sorry, I've just, uh, I have another offer. What they, what, uh, what could they, they've done differently too? Well, you know, I'll tell you in my experience recruiting in-house for, I guess, eight years, eight plus years, um, you know, it was always about the culture and, and the company. It was about the mission, vision, and values. Um, you know, that's kind of the approach that, that I would take. And, and, you know, one of the reasons I, I think we do a great job at our beauty search and, and I'm sure you do a great job as well, Ray, because I know that you're, uh, you know, kind of deeply uh, entrenched in the culture of the company companies that you recruit for is, is that we understand it. You know, we go and we spend time at a desk uh, at the office, maybe not so much anymore with COVID-19, but mm. um you know, we do spend time interacting with the teams, sitting in on project meetings and, uh, you know, kind of team meetings, all staff meetings, things like that to get a sense of the culture and, and how the, the entire organization operates and what will that employee experience be like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest kind of lever, if you will, that an internal corporate recruiter has uh, to utilize in their toolkit is that they understand the culture and they can really you know, kind of give a realistic preview of that culture and what that experience is going to be like for the employee, uh, for the prospective employee. And I think that's um, really, really valuable because I don't think a lot of agencies get the chance to do that. Mm. Um, You know, and agency recruiters um, get the chance to go in in house and sit down and, and really understand the culture in the same way. Yeah, as you're talking, you know, I definitely wrote down the notes here for our next show. It's going to be tied into, I think the scenario is um, there's just going to be a salary gap in the offers and how can the uh, the in-house uh, recruiter use culture as part of their arsenal, right, to, to yeah. deal with that. Great. Well, that was a good one, JP. Hope you're feeling better. 
that, that time certainly flew by. And um, I think we also want to have an open invitation for our audience, right? Uh, the open invitation yeah. is if any of you listening want to join us, share your situation, successful or not, JP and I are happy to sort of chat with you about it and then bring you on as a guest to a host. And we'll just go through a scenario like this and talk about your FMM. Again, that's a mouthful. Sorry, frequently made mistakes. Um, or if you want a private consultation with either one of us, it's a package deal, by the way. Uh, my email is uh, raymond at gorecruitment.com. Phone number 778-869-9268. Uh, JP, yours is? Yeah, uh, my email is joel at arbutussearch.com. That's J-O-E-L at A-R-B-U-T-U-S search.com and my number is 604-360-7188 looking forward to connecting with you all great thanks jp good to chat chatting with you as well thank you everybody for listening uh, we will be doing these uh, podcasts weekly so come back often next week uh, on the next conversation and uh, you can ask us ask jp and rt anything about recruiting thank you so very much thanks